0: Well, wow, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous: A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And guess what? We are alive and well here. They're um, January, your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday moderators are from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So come see us. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. I wanted to say that out loud. Today, we are reading from the big book, page 80, second paragraph. This brings to mind, and we're going to read and comment on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Nancy M. Our 12 traditions will be Katie G. Readers of the text, Marge O. and Lauren N. And the newcomer greeter, Elena A.M., and our second-hour host will be Jody E. So the reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, January 1st, 7 a.m. Eastern Time are 13904, 13904, and at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 13910, 13910. The OA preamble. we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. Add a vision for you, big book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nancy.
1: Nancy Star (laughs) 1.
2: Well, let me try that again. This is Nancy on upstate New York, recovering food addict and compulsive eater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you for letting me serve, and I pass.
0: Well, thanks for your service, Nancy M. And next up, Katie G. is going to do our 12 traditions. Good morning, Katie. Hey,
3: Kelly, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Katie G. recovered. Compulsive Overeater in Boston, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before our personalities. Thanks, Kelly. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Well,
0: thank you so much, Katie G., for stepping up for that. All right, so how this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And also, we ask you no speaker phones. It makes it hard to be heard. So today. We are resuming the study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're on page 80. Uh, we're there on the second paragraph there that says, This brings to mind a story. And we are reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And Marge O, she's going to get us started. Hey, Marge.
4: Good morning. Thank you. This is Marge O from Massachusetts Recovered. Day at a time, and thank you. This brings to mind a story about one of our friends. While drinking, he accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival, giving him no receipt for it. He subsequently denied being received, having received the money and used the incident as a basis for discrediting the man. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his rival was ruined. Let me set my three-minute timer here. I did not borrow money from a bitterly hated revival. However, I had two incidences of money borrowing in my past that I did not want to admit that I had used money that didn't really belong to me. I was holding a savings account for my brother. When my cousin was killed in Vietnam, he called here to talk. He was in Guam, and the bill was large. It was over $200. He was in such distress. And he assumed that the money was there to pay for the call. And I let my husband think for years that we had to pay that for that call. And we did, but it was only because I had used the money. So this this whole business of Step 9 is an eagle smashing and I felt like it was a clearance, but I carried that for years and years and years, and I wasn't able to let go of it until I was able to make that right. Unfortunately, my brother had passed by then, and I wasn't able to um, say that in person. So I did what I was told to do, or coached to do, if you will, encouraged to do, wrote a letter, and I paid for something else that uh, his wife had to take care of and did it anonymously. It cost at least 30 times what the original amount would have been, but it helped to clear the path. I still felt a little badly about it because I didn't feel like... I know I should have gone to him long before I took care of it. But, again this disease takes over sometimes and i just wasn't able to do it at the right time but i guess the right time was when i when i did when i did do it and then it was taken care of between myself and my sponsor and the person that i sent the money to anonymously so i thank you this program of recovery can be a real challenge at times but I didn't want to live with that anymore. And I couldn't live with it anymore. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
5: Well,
0: thank you, Marjo, for getting us started. So, again, we are on page 80, second paragraph. This brings to mind. And if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, who would like to share on this paragraph?
2: Teresa
6: P.
0: Teresa P. Ida A. Ida A.
7: Donna
0: G. Donna G.
8: Tina S.
1: Tina S. Matt F from South Carolina. Matt F. You guys are making my job easy today. All right. Well this sounds like a good lineup right now, so
0: Here's who I have Teresa P, Ida A, Donna G, Tina S, and Matt F. You guys make sure you're still uh, muted, star one. And we will get started with Teresa P followed by A to A. Good morning, Teresa. Can't hear you,
1: Teresa, star one. Well, Ida, are you
6: there? Hi, can you hear me now? Is this Teresa? Yes, this is Teresa P.
0: Okay, good. Go ahead. I can. Thank you. Okay.
6: Thank you. Okay, hi. Um I'm Teresa P, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And uh really um grateful that, you know, I get a chance to, to look at these things. I, I don't well, actually I do have a bitterly hated re Rival, but it was not a business person. <laughs> it happens to be my husband, and uh, you know, and like, it's hard to admit that he's like, oh my gosh, bitterly hated. But yeah, I did hate him, and it was just, you know, before recovery I was into the the disease and the sickness, and of course, it was all his fault for whatever. And the money concerns was was uh, basically our financial resources, and uh, that I'm looking at, you know, like oh well, you know he doesn't need to look at all he has done. So therefore, I can do whatever I want with, you know, be in charge of all the money and, and direct what's done with it. And then um, not only that, you know, but uh, heap the guilt on him too, because after all, I can point out everything he's there every day. And uh, I got into this position, I, I allowed myself to assume this position of being in charge of finances, uh, which at one point did need to be done but what has uh, developed for me is that you know I have these little I had no little I have um, buying obsessions now that um, I have trouble with well one of them happens to be I, I buy books for little kids which is a good thing however you know it all goes back to everything has to be you know in order and uh, so anyway so I, I and it doesn't matter what it is I'm buying because I'll, I'll do this for for whatever whatever reason. I'll just I'll buy things, and so what I get to do is uh, admit first of all that I have a problem, and and also you know also um and I've got my husband convinced too. Got to to spend money, but he you know it's just like you know he's he's being so very careful, and it's all about looking at what's the truth of something, and admitting it and. Looking at my part, so not his part. It's my part, not what he has done with money in the past or now, but looking at what am I doing with the with money now? And uh, since we are married, you know, it's it's not his money, our money. It's our money, and and deal with things in a you know in a uh, I don't want to say normal fashion, but you know at least. Discussion and talk about it. The most important thing for me is to is to look at it when something comes up and look at it and going and part of me says, well, "How could I possibly owe him any financial advance, amends because he bought the fifty thousand dollar boat when I said no, and we had no money for it." <laughs> and time, like please. Used, and thank you. And I just want to wrap up by saying is one more time is you know it's it's how free do I want to be. And that's what I want to be is free. So look at me and give it to God. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Well, thank you for sharing, Teresa P. Next up, we have Ida A. followed by Donna G. Good morning,
9: Ida. Uh, Good morning, Kelly, and good morning, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Ida A., grateful compulsive overeater in northern British Columbia. Super glad to be back online. I've been traveling the last two weeks, and I've missed all of you. I've caught a few meetings, though, and you know what? I need all of you and, um, and I need to be sharing. Thank you for this paragraph that I used to say, I've never done that, that's nothing like me. And, and today, thanks to all of you and thanks to the ability now to see my part, I can lean in and um, I'm a lot like the above. I have been dishonest I've been deceptive. I've blamed others to avoid troubles. I have destroyed other people's reputations through gossip. In a group of others, I've told stories or listened to stories that belittled so many other coworkers. And, you know, I don't know what path they went on after so many of us sat in our coffee circles and talked smack about people. I So I am... I have absolutely done this kind of harm. It is a horrible, it is a horrible thing to destroy somebody's reputation. We are all doing the best we can. So thanks to program and thanks, thanks to having the food down and really looking at character defects through the program, I can see the horrible things that I have done to other people. And so step nine comes alive in so many ways, in so many ways. Thank you all for being here. I will continue to trudge daily and imperfectly. And Happy New Year. I pass. Well, Happy Happy
0: New Year, Year. Ida A. And uh, next up is Donna G., Mm -hmm. followed by Tina S. Good morning, Donna.
7: Hi, this is Donna G., grateful to be recovered uh, for today uh, by God's grace. And um, in Pennsylvania, I am. Um, so thank you for your service and a uh, happy new year, everyone. Um, I am still off of work after the new year. I am I am uh, very grateful to have been given this time off, and um, I usually listen to the meeting on my way to work. And um, what I did was I took the time last night because I am more centered and not working, I took the time to um, look at the reading for today and really center myself and, and, and you know, get organized. I've been doing a lot of that um, with this time off. But um, And when I read it, the word bitterly hated just came to my mind and, you know, it just stood out to me. And um, I thought, well, there's very few people. I'm just such a I'm such a nice person, <laughs> right? I have very few people I've bitterly hated. Um, but in the work world, there was one that came to my mind right away, and so um, I thought to myself, "Huh, um, I I I wonder why she didn't make it on my amends list." And so I went back to um, my fourth step, all my sheets. And I was gonna look up, i went I dug the mouth, you know, I have the time i you know i i which I rarely have. I'm like, I'm gonna dig this out and see what I review what i what I wrote about this person, and uh, among my pages and pages, I could not find her name, and I just kept looking and looking, and I finally found it um I had put a group of people from work. In, as a category, which is fine, because they, they, you know, it was just as a group that I had some resentment. But um, I had her listed, and I had a question mark by her name, and that is just so in itself dishonest and false that there would be any question mark that she should be on there, that she should not have a single, uh, probably whole page uh, devoted to her, like bitterly hated is how I felt. Um, about her. And so uh, all that by way of saying grateful for this paragraph, grateful for the opportunity to revisit um, not just work, but anywhere where I've been in relationship with others. Um, and there have been some other people I've bitterly hated, but not work-related so much. Um, but it just gives me um, an opportunity to get really honest about, uh, you know, who do I – who have I hated? And of course, I think the question mark and all of that was because I had a resentment, right? And why did I have a resentment? Because my perception was she bullied me in the workplace, right? So it was justified, just like this, you know, person in this paragraph probably. Shine, had, please. Yeah. Probably had a resentment. So nothing justifies, um, in the end, you know, and, and I have to do the work and I have to clean house. So it's just a reminder and I'm grateful for that. Thank you for uh, letting me share. But that'll
0: pass. Thanks for uh, sharing, Donna G. So next up, Tina S., followed by Matt F. Good morning, Tina.
6: Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Great paragraph, you know, and every time I read this paragraph, I, I get, you know, hung up on this bitterly hated business rival you know because I don't like to think that I hate anyone you know but I dislike quite a few maybe not so much today but have in my past that fit this category and um you know one of the things for me I've had several financial men's over my years of recovery and they have all turned out wonderfully you know if I get out of the way you know and uh, one you know I initially when I first got into recovery I had you know all these things I moved from one state to another and thought, well, you know, I don't need to pay my bills up there anymore, you know, and, and then when I was doing the work, you know, I had to contact these people and and a lot of places, they were no longer in business, but I, they contacted me, you know, I need to just be willing and let God present the opportunity. I was always told that, you know, because when I try to make things that happen, look out. You know, and so I was able to take care of financial men's when I let God- pre- present the opportunity in those areas. but I did have this woman that you know, and I was always about you know I never ask anybody for anything. they always were giving me stuff i mean and that's where I still see it today. People would like say, "Here, Tina, you know, not that I didn't take it because I did, but this one um amends financial mens it was for some dental work I had to have done, and I was in a relationship at the time, which was I was just in there for financial stuff and um and it my dental work was paid by the my partner at the time and you know and it was i don't know quite a bit of money at the time but that i didn't have to pay have to pay um you know in one lump sum but you know what i did is i just did the work and left what i felt about her out of it you know because bottom line you know i certainly want other people to get i want to make the amend, but i certainly want the peace within me that's why i'm doing the work you know and i really try to do the next right thing and so i just did that you know and i had to get out of the place of didn't like her you know, <laughs> and I still today probably don't like her that much, and, sh- and it's the feeling's mutual, and that's okay, because we don't like everybody, but I do the work. I take the steps, and I look for a direction, and I talk this over with the sponsor, absolutely, and then when it's done, the relief and the joy that, you know, I no longer am indebted to anyone financially, but that I am living today in a responsible way, and I am doing the next right thing, and, uh, and that's what, the program of recovery and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous afford me today, is to live right in today. And with that, I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you so much, Tina S. Next up, we'll have Matt F., and then we'll be opening it up for more shares.
1: Hey, Matt. Matt F., are you there?
10: Star one. There we go. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? I can. Fantastic. Thank you for your patience. So um, I didn't have a better uh, rivalry going with the, with the business rival, but I had a situation that was very humbling where I had borrowed money for an air flight to return to a place that I had lived um, from a gentleman. And it took me a long time to realize I owed this, and I never paid him back. And um I, It took me a long time to realize that I owed him amends for that. And so I had to track him down. His old numbers didn't work. I finally, pardon me, got him tracked down and um, got him on the phone. And the humbling part was that he could not remember who I was or that I had borrowed the money. And I I remember feeling, what do you mean you don't remember me? (laughs) And, um and so what I did with the money is he said, you know, I don't need the money. I appreciate your calling. If you would donate it to uh, Wounded Warriors, um, that would be great in his name. And and that's what I did. But the big piece for me was understanding just how much ego, even though I was trying to make an amends, how much ego was still involved with that. So it was, uh, it was a nice lesson. So thanks a lot for letting me share it.
1: Well, thanks, Matt. Caught me off guard a little. (laughs) Okay,
0: so we are going to open it up again. uh, In case you're just joining us or forgot, here's where we're at, page 80 in the big book, second paragraph that says, This Brings to Mind. And uh, if you've shared in the last day or two, we're asking you to uh, hold back, and let's hear some new voices. Who'd like to share?
11: Hi, Kelly.
0: I didn't hear anything.
8: (laughs) Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly.
0: Pete B. I got Kelly. That's all I got. Sandy Ma- W. Ma- Wait, somebody W. Uh, Sandy. I-B? What? Who was W? Sandy? Sandy. Sandy W. W.
12: Yes. Thanks, Kelly.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
11: Madeline R.
0: Madeline R. Okay. Who else? I have P, B, Kelly, don't have your initials, Sadie W, Madeline R.
8: Irene B.
1: Irene B.
5: Christina J.
0: Christina J.
1: All right, let's stop there. Was that Des M.? Um, well get you next time all right here's who I have Pete
0: B Kelly don't have your initials Sandy W Madeline R Irene B and Christina J so make sure you are muted star one and we'll get started with Pete B followed
1: by Kelly good morning Pete star one Pete
13: There we go. I was mysteriously uh muted. Anyway, <clears throat> thank you for calling on me. Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and from Pennsylvania, but I find myself in beautiful Miami this morning. And uh so I'm glad I'm so glad that the that, that the, the authors of this book decided to add this paragraph because, you know, I think for, for many, you know, I know for me, but I think for many of us you know, it's almost like there we have so much guilt, shame, and remorse that we there are there are people that we wanna we, you know, we wanna fix and this and this this ninth step presents an opportunity. And and if you listen to how people talk about these miraculous stories that happen to them as a result of doing them, you know, you say yourself, so, well, you know, step nine is the answer, right? It's gonna be the answer. It's gonna mend these relationships that I want mended. Right? But the toughest time I had is that, you know, there are there are a significant amount or were a significant amount of people that I harmed that I was not sorry for, that I bitterly hate. You know, I, 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 I wronged. And that does not, that, that does not excuse me from having to make the wrong right. Right. Where, where finances were concerned, where, where, where character assassination was concerned. I'm still required whether or not I like the person or not, I'm still required to go and mend that wrong, right? To go to the people that I character assassinated, not to the person who's, whose character I assassinated, but the people that I spoke to about that person, and write that wrong, right? Like we we get we 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 almost get into like this 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 la la land type of thing. Which, you know, we're now going to be on we are going to be on a new plane, right? But let's 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 just make sure we're 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 talking about this in the right perspective. This is what we were supposed to be doing in the first place, right? We're not supposed to be making a huge deal out of the fact that we fix the wrong that we committed in the past. It's just the thing that we're supposed to be doing in the first place, right? I get concerned that we're setting people up for this, you know, and, and they, they, it's a miraculous experience, but at the end of the day, the bottom line is we identified a wrong, we identified a defect of character or a threat to our character that caused us to feel or do a certain thing, and we go back and fix these things. Sometimes with an explanation, sometimes without an explanation. But at the, at the, the bottom line is we fix the wrong. We do what we were supposed to do in the first place. There needs to be no ticker tape parade, no special feeling, no special thing that comes of it. If it comes of it, that's fantastic. But the, 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 what we have to get down to is we have to, we have to right-size ourselves so that we can walk away from this thing with pride and dignity. That There's no more guilt, shame, and remorse about the experience from our past. We've righted the wrongs. We've fixed it so that we can walk in the image and the, and, and the likeness of our creator with pride and dignity, which is how I think our creator would have us walk. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you,
0: Pete B., good timing. Next up, Kelly, I don't have the initial of your last name, and then Sandy W. Good morning, Kelly.
14: Good morning. It's Kelly R. in Missouri, and thank you so much for calling on me. I just want to testify to the group that this section has been very powerful in my life. And um, I, uh, I got to put it in action yesterday. It was not fun. It was not pleasant. I didn't enjoy it but I did the wrong made the amend and whether or not I received forgiveness or what the timing was about that doesn't really matter the fact is what a miracle that that the whole thing happened within one day when I think about it I still want to cry because um this involves my grown son who I see once a year and he's staying in my house and who I have uh two weeks with. (laughs) And it's so easy to say the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person. It might be the right thing to my husband, but do I have to say it also to my son when it looks like I'm ridiculing my son or making fun of him or putting him down or whatever insecurities he has? No, that's inappropriate and it needed to be fixed. And um, when I made the amend, it was one of those situations where, yeah, and this and that and the other and this is why you shouldn't have done that and and then I had to ask him if he was done and then I had to ask him if he could accept my apology and if he could forgive me. And um it wasn't really a clear-cut answer and I my emotions got involved and I got really upset and it was a situation where I couldn't um I couldn't just brush it off. I had a really hard time brushing it off. I thought of a, different number, a number of different ways. One was separation, so I took that separation. Then distraction. And talking to a friend, I really didn't have anyone I could share it with. I was just too upset. So I prayed about it. And it turned into the most beautiful mother-son situation that I could have never asked for or hoped for and um i just want to say i'm really grateful for the subject matter this week and because it's helped really prepare me for this moment and i'm i'm uh, i love the steps and i love this meeting and i will pass
0: thank you so much kelly r next up sandy w followed by madeline r hey sandy uh,
12: good morning kelly thank you so much for your service um I, too, am back from some traveling and then leaving again this weekend, so I'm really happy to be here and to get to hear you all live instead of the recordings. But I just keep you reminded um, in these stories that Amends made of the need to go to any length to recover and that God will provide and guide us. Um, to that opportunity, you know, according to his perfect timing, you know, in making my amends when I was initially working Step 9, and as I continue to, because as you all know, I am human and I continue to mess up and um, cause harm in ways that um, I do my best to avoid but seem to find me anyway, you know, I'm just amazed, I just continue to be amazed at the beauty of the outcomes, um, even when they aren't received in a manner that I'd hoped for, you know, because um, if I just stay focused on cleaning my side of the street, changing that only person that I can, me, you know, staying on my yoga mat and doing the next right thing, um, I'm learning that I can gain so much. You know, so many of the beautiful life lessons that I desperately needed to learn came from mistakes that I made um, Which, you know, in those amends around those mistakes, you know, I learned and grew in ways I never expected or dreamed of. You know, step nine was such a scary proposition to me when I first learned of it. You know what? Me, I was wrong, you know, after I built this facade of being so put together, such a naturally happy woman and wife and mother, you know, being wrong and a thought of causing harm really terrified me. You know, if I was wrong about one thing, then there could be another and another, and and who knows where it would end? And that that whole smokescreen of a personality would collapse. You know, but now I realize, gratefully, really, that that's exactly what needed and and has happened. You know, that with God's help and the work of these steps and entire abstinence, that old broken. Um, um, diseased me was, you know, was was broken down basically and replaced through a spiritual awakening, um, to a woman who can be her true, authentic harm-causing, mistake-producing self, you know, who doesn't need a facade of that, or that smokescreen anymore, who can just accept life on life's terms or really on God's terms. And, um, you know, for this broken compulsive eater that, you know, um, I've certainly found that God's terms, that's where I find peace and joy and a freedom that the chains of addiction never could provide. So, um, thanks again, everyone, for being here. Happy, happy New Year, and um, thanks, Kelly, for your service, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Happy New Year, Sandy. All right, so next up, Madeline R., followed by Irene B. Good morning, Madeline.
11: Good morning. Thank you so much for your service today and everybody's service and shares so far. I'm Madeline R., recovered in Pennsylvania, and when I look at this particular paragraph, it does take me to my financial amends, which... I was so afraid to make. I was scared to death. And I recognize now through the years, even though I had some wonderful outcomes of those um, reparations, I feel that my relationship issues and the gossip issues and those amends that had to um, be completed were much more difficult to make. The financial amend seems like it, it even though I was so afraid, I had just left my full-time career uh, to work, you know, in, a, in a, a very small salary position, which is almost giving back service and volunteering. Uh, I was really scared to do this, and I, you know, I just went to my husband because it had to be a package deal, and I said to him, I have these couple of amends I need to make, and very supportive, not totally understanding, but very supportive, you know, whatever you need to do, you need to do. And the one in particular um, really touched my life for my entire life. Uh, As a child, uh, probably, you know, maybe 14, 15, I had taken something from a department store, which was no longer in business. And, you know, I brooded over that one for so long, I just had no idea how to make the amends. And working with my sponsor, we talked about it and I prayed. And it came to me the one day that I should go to this Dress for Success to make a donation to Dress for Success, and she said, I think that's a great idea, and I said, well, how much should I give, and she said, well, pray about it, I thought, this is bull, like, I mean, you know, just tell me what to do, I, you know, this is, I want to get this over with already, and believe it or not, I did pray, and it came to me that I should make a $25 donation to Dress for Success, and then, like, this adult, mature person in me said, but wait a minute, maybe you can make $25 from you as well which as I already heard on on the um, meeting this morning was probably so much more than what the items were worth. And so I did that and I, Sent in the note and I explained myself that what I was trying to do, and you know, several weeks later I received a letter back from a woman that was volunteering at Dress for Success who inherited or intercepted, I guess I should say, what I had sent in, and she sent me a note and said she was coming up on her 35th year of sobriety, <laughs> and I just thought, wow. And she said, you know, thank you for making that amends and we appreciate it. it'll go to good use. And she said, I think that that you can do this in your program because you're willing to go to any lengths to be honest. So, I mean. Talk Talk about like a gift. I'm trying to make amends and God sends me a gift. The others weren't always as easy. Some of the others I haven't made reconciliation with people, though I'm keeping my side of the street clean. Making my amends does not always mean reconciliation, unfortunately, but that's how it is. So thank you so much for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Madeline R. So next up we have Irene B., followed by Christina J.
9: Good morning. Thank
8: you. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., an abstinent bulinic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, These paragraphs are are very difficult in a way to read, especially the one that we read today, where somebody did some terrible harm to another human being. And and then the paragraph yesterday was about when the amend is going to impact another person, and what jumps at me is that our actions or inactions, as the case might be, have a tremendous impact on other people. And I used to think that my eating disorder did not affect anybody but myself. Therefore, at least I wasn't hurting anybody except myself. And what a lie that was. What we do hurts people. It doesn't just hurt us. It hurts people, and it's a chain reaction it doesn't just end with the immediate person because when i hurt that person that then that person becomes a hurting person and hurt people hurt people so this is not good but also what comes to mind and from hearing a uh, share from yesterday is that we need to grow up when i was a kid i was terrified of shots and i They were giving flu shots at my school. I went to a boarding school in Ohio, and I hid behind the piano in the church all day to avoid getting a shot. That's how scared of shots I was, and I was a kid, and I did not want pain. I do not like pain. To this day, I don't like pain, physical or emotional, But I can handle emotional, I think, a lot better than physical. Who knows? Anyways, one time I got very, very sick, and I knew that if you got a shot, that the pain would be addressed immediately, not like taking a pill, That if you got a shot, and I was hurting so bad that I asked for a shot because I wanted the pain to stop. And that's what these amends remind me of. That sometimes it might hurt to do these things, to make the amends, but the consequences of not doing them are so dire that it's like, you know what, I'm going to... Time, this. please. Oh, I passed.
5: Sorry. Thank you.
8: Thank
0: you, Irene. Next up, we have Christina Jay, and then we'll have time for a couple more shares. Good morning, Christina.
5: Good morning, Kelly. <clears throat> Thank you for your service and everyone on the line. You know... I've got three points here. I got justification to do the deed. Yeah, I got justification to do the deed in my disease. I've got denial that I'm at fault, and I got a built-in forgetter that I, did the, that I did the deed. Uh-huh. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his arrival was ruined. You know, I, this really stood out for me because I've done this a few times. When I was a young woman, my husband and I were not doing well financially, and we were going to get married. He was working for a doctor part time. We went to the doctor's house to visit. I had to go to the bathroom. They said go use the bathroom in the master bedroom. I saw a ring, a beautiful band, big gold band. I stuck it in my pocket. Yeah, I had justification to do the deed. I had denial that I was at fault because, you know, we needed that, and he was rich. He was a rich man. So as time went on, I found out that, you know, my husband told me, oh, someone took this doctor's ring, and, you know, they thought maybe the maid did it. Did it. I destroyed the reputation of another. I didn't remember this deed because I've got a built-in forgetter. I didn't remember this deed <clears throat> till I was in my, uh, let's see, must have been um, mid-40s. When I remembered the deed, I was filled with shame, shame, burning shame. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to ever make this right? I started hunting for the guy. Of course, I, he was in his 50s then. I was 18. Couldn't find him or the, the the company he worked for. Couldn't find anybody. For years, I've wondered what to do. I thought, well, maybe I'll get a <clears throat> give a wedding set to a young couple that doesn't have money to pay for their rings. Or maybe, I mean, I was ashamed. Here was a special ring. Who knows what how special this ring was to this doctor? Anyway, I'm finally to the point where I know what to do about that. But, you know, it's so important to keep continuing on in this work and keep listening to these stories of others sharing because it spikes in me things I've done that I forgot about or things I still need to do. This program wakes me up continually to the wrongs in my gut. I can remove top layers, top layers, top layers. As people talk about, you know, it's peeling the onion. But i still got something down in there, you know, that still needs to be revealed, especially if I'm still walking around at times with irritable, restless, and discontent coming up, and I don't know where it's coming from. I'm supposed to be recovered. Why do I feel this way? There's probably something still I haven't looked at. So anyway, um, this is fantastic work. I always say this, but if you're out there, jump in, because you got a life ahead of you that's going to be, you're going to be living in the sunlight of the spirit if you get through this. Thank you for letting me share. I path.
0: Thank you, Christina J. So we have time for maybe three more shares. We're on page 80, second Naomi paragraph.
7: Just oh, Just bring it to please.
0: mind. Here G. G. Naomi B. Naomi B. Who is G?
1: Who came after Naomi? I heard somebody else.
0: Amy G. Oh, Amy G. I knew I heard it, G. We have room for another person. Who wants it? Jackie M. Go ahead. Jackie M. All right, we got our little lineup there. All right, Naomi B,
1: get us started.
15: Here, I'm here. Hey. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B. and Happy New Year to all you. Um, Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Well, this wasn't a financial amends I made. It was an emotional amends I made long time coming. Um, Initially, when I did the steps, my sponsor, I made amends to an aunt, and I made amends to my mother and wrote the letters, of course. And since we're both deceased, nothing could be done. My sponsor suggested that I go to the cemetery and read it. And at the time, it was just too painful. Well, fast forward these years. Um, The 29th was the anniversary of my mother's death. The uh, New Year's Eve day, we buried her. So all these memories are fresh in my mind. And spiritually, because I've gone so much deeper into my spirituality and my program and just trying to live this program every day and being a better person. I put on my big girl panties yesterday and um, at first I was only going to take the amends letter for my mother and something in my spirit was saying take all of the letters which I did. I've not been to the grave site in years and I thought I kind of had a vague idea where it was Thank you, God, directed me right to the cemetery. And, um, yeah, I did it. I stood in front of um, my mother's grave, and I read the immense letter. And then I totally forgot that decades ago, my aunt and uncle bought plots for my mom and dad and for my aunt and uncle. And there I had the other men's letter in the folder and I read it to my aunt, and it was like, how is this happening? God directed me to the grave site we haven't seen in years, and I read the letters, and it was like, who is this person? Who is this person that I'm doing these things today? I don't know, but I feel so blessed that I'm working this program, living, and and didn't stop at convenience store to shove all this food down for the pain, because there was no pain. It was only peace, and it is just a miracle. It's just a miracle, and this program really does work when you work it. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass.
0: Thank you so much for sharing, Naomi B. Next up, Amy G., followed by Jackie M. Hey, Amy.
16: Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered-compulsible reader from Maryland. Uh, Thank you so much for your service and everyone for a wonderful meeting. I don't know about you all, but have you ever wondered what the money, what he accepted the money for? You know, if I were to hazard a guess, for me, it would have been money for eating, you know, money for drinking or money to pay off debts because the money I should have used for something else, I used it for binging and purging. And, and who in their right mind would lend or, you know, give money to a bitter or bitter business rival without getting a receipt? You know what I found out in my fourth step is that I was a master manipulator and I was a fantastic uh, skill of finding people to enable me. and I was a great enabler finder. and you know the the havoc that and the destruction that I caused around me by doing that and convincing people in my active addiction was was just absolutely phenomenal i mean they talk about a personality change sufficient about recovery well when i was in active addiction i had a personality change sufficient for disease and like others have said rationalization and denial because in active addiction i would have sold you my mother and convinced you it was a good idea you know and 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 you would have agreed with me because i was that good at manipulating And finding people to enable me because that when I wanted my fix, I had to have my fix no matter what. You know, I was raised a pretty good person. I knew that stealing was wrong. But, you know, my brain was warped and my thinking was insane. So I could rationalize and deny what I was doing or not even think about what I was doing. Someone talked about that built-in forgetter. That was incredible. That's such a reminder to me of how I behaved and didn't think twice about it because that's what addiction does. It warped me and it destroyed me physically, emotionally, spiritually, and my conscience and my character, I pitched it out the window in lieu of finding my fit. And these weren't wonderful things to look at, but without looking at them, I could not be free of my past and then actually have that personality change. It was the true nature, of, it was the understanding the true nature of my powerlessness, because this affected the way I acted, the way I behaved, the way I thought, you know, it was so much more than just what went in my mouth, you know. There's so much more to this disease than meets the mouth, if, mouth, if you forget, uh, forgive the pun, because it changed me entirely. And by the grace of God in this program, even though these things were so hard to look at, I was able to change and become a better person and the person I believe my higher power wants me to do all through the process of these amends and the inventory. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Amy G. And our last share today will be Jackie M. Good morning, Jackie.
17: Good morning and Happy New Year. This is Jackie M. from Michigan. And um, on the 10 o'clock meeting the other day, um, they were talking about the about stealing. And I haven't taken money. Well, I have taken money, but I've apologized for that from my parents. But the one thing that I never thought about was um when I worked for a printing company, is taking um, maybe plagiarism, that's what my sponsor was telling me um, that maybe I was doing, and um, using the paper and the copier and the ink and everything that went with it, I never thought about that. So um, I wrote my letter of amends. I have no idea. The company is way closed, and I could not find them. So I wrote, anyway, my letter of amends, and... The more I'm thinking about it and how people have talked about uh, making a donation, I think since this is still on my mind that um, maybe I need to make some kind of financial contribution to somebody um, or returning papers somehow to somebody. I don't know. But I think um, thank you so much for this reading and for your service and um, for being here and having me think about these things that like somebody else said, you have that forgetter that we have and um, forgetting that even the small things, they make a difference to people. And, you know, I don't know that since the company closed, was that part of, you know, I might not have been the only employee who was doing that, but um, maybe that was part of what happened. So anyway, um, thank you for being here. And with that, I'll pass.
1: Well, thank you, Jackie M., for your share. And um,
0: that's pretty much all we have time for. I heard yesterday on the 10 a.m. meeting something I just loved that said, you know, um, we're not doing these steps eight and nine to feel better, which I wanted to do. We're doing this to open a space in our hearts so our higher power can come in and we can be changed. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. So anyway, um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting Thursday, January 2nd is 13914, 13914. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren N. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
1: Hey, Lauren. Lauren Star 1
18: Good morning. I'm here. I'm sorry. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Oh, sorry. I it's not open yet. <laughs> Give me a second.
1: I'm
18: sorry. Give me a second. Here we go. A book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. For The, um, the answers will come if your own house is in order.